0: Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful procession, be like Mary, thy woman, and the spouse. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we celebrate the Feast of Christ the King. This last Sunday of October, it was instituted by Pope Pius XI in 1925 as a universal feast for the entire Church. He saw the need to emphasize the consicle that he wrote for the institution of this feast, uh, the truth that Christ is truly king and ruler over all. A king, a ruler, has supreme authority in particular territory. Uh, his power over people is complete executive, legislative, judicial. <clears throat> And a kingdom is an area over which a king exercises his authority. And the New Testament speaks of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And this is to signify God's universal reign over every single person, over all earthly kingdoms. And this is what makes God's kingdom or reign completely different from other earthly kingdoms. It is a universal reign, and not a political reign, but a spiritual reign over the minds and hearts of persons. And we saw in the Gospel today, Pilate, in this famous scene, asks Jesus, are you a king? Jesus says, yes, but my kingdom is not of this world. How does one enter this kingdom? Well." One enters by faith, one is an adult and is baptized, remains in it by love, and perseveres in it by hope. Because we're promised to the if we are faithful subjects of the King. Jesus is the King on two accounts. One is a natural light because he is God, the creator and ruler of all. And Secondly, he is king by an acquired right because the Son of God became man and offered himself on the cross for our sins. He is our Redeemer. He merited the right to be our universal king because it was just not some ordinary man that died on the cross, it was the God man, Jesus Christ. And Because of sin and error, God's kingdom is now incomplete. This kingdom is found in the Church, the mystical body of Christ. It is on its way to being perfected. The kingdom, which is the Church, will only be fully perfected at Christ's second coming when he has the definitive separation of the sheep from the goats. All those who are faithful members of him, his mystical body, will be united with him, and he will hand over everything to the Father, as St. Paul tells us. Then the kingdom is complete. And the idea of the kingdom of God goes back to the Old Testament. The Old Testament prophets, through them, God promised a future good king Anointed one, the Messiah, the son of David, and it was prophesied that this anointed king, the Messiah, would rule over his people with love, with peace, and with justice. In the book of Daniel, chapter seven, we see the mysterious title "Son of Man," which can refer to all the people of Israel, but Later, it's applied to the Messiah, and his kingdom will last forever. Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man, alluding to that prophecy of the Messiah. In fact, when he's being questioned before the Sanhedrin, he tells them, you will see the Son of Man coming with his angels, and then they know that he's the Messiah because this was the great prophecy of of Daniel. This was a prophecy in regard to his second coming. And Jesus is a king of love. He reigns over the hearts of all his faithful followers, and he rules not with the force of arms, but by the power of truth and by his love for us, which he showed on the cross, which is, you could say, his throne. We can call Jesus the king of truth because he came to establish his reign, which is based upon truth truth that he gives us. And Jesus is, as the book of Revelation, the Apocalypse, tells us, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And this is by reason of his divine sonship, read in the book of Revelation, he demonstrated his love on the cross, and he atoned for our sins by shedding his blood, and he made of us a royal nation of priests, and we're all supposed to be in the service of God our Father and all Christians actually share in this what we call a common priesthood that is all baptized by being members of Christ's kingdom Jesus is the transcendent God Almighty He is the Alpha, the Omega, He is the beginning and the end the one who is, who was, and who is to come And in today's Gospel, we contemplate a great difference between Jesus and Pilate, the local ruler. Pilate asks Jesus, are you king of the Jews? And in the ensuing dialogue, it revolves around what it means to be a king, who is king. Pilate, you see, and the Jewish leaders, they are thinking in terms of an earthly king with political power, control of an army, who can enforce his will. Like Caesar in Rome, and Jesus rejects this notion of an earthly king, but he still claims to be a king, the king of truth. He says, I came to testify to the truth. And he says, I am a king, I was born for this, I came to bear witness to the truth. All on the side of truth, listen to my voice. And with this reply, Jesus gives a new meaning, really, to the idea of a king, a king in a spiritual and religious sense, who rules over the minds and hearts of his subjects by faith, hope, and charity. And so, once again, Jesus is a king on two levels, because of his divinity, his natural right, and because of his being our redeemer, his acquired right. Today, this last Sunday of October, we adore Christ and honor him under that beautiful title, Christ the King. The preface for our Mass today is very beautiful. The church prays in this preface that his kingdom is a kingdom of truth and life, of holiness and grace, of justice, love, and peace. Jesus wants you and I, every person, to be a member of this kingdom and to be subject to this kingly rule. And this is through the one holy Catholic and Apostolic Church that we founded. And if everyone becomes a member of the church and lives according to the gospel, well, then there is a right ordering amongst peoples and amongst nations. And the fruit of that right ordering is peace. Peace is the order. If you have order, you have peace. Actually, Pius XI wrote his encyclical, It was the second encyclical, proclaiming this feast. His first encyclical talked about how the world is in a mess, is in disorder, because it does not recognize Christ as king. It does not acknowledge the church as the light of Christ in the world. So, we must spread the good news of Christ, try to bring others into his kingdom, into his church on earth, in order that there will be that right ordering amongst peoples and nations, and that true peace will come through Christ, who is another title, the Prince of Peace. You know, in his Gospel, St. John links Christ's kingship to his passion. And here's a quote from very a great work by a, a Carmelite. Maybe you've seen it, it's called Divine Intimacy. He says, The cross is Christ's royal throne. From the cross, he stretches out his arms to draw all men to himself. And from the cross, he rules over them by his love. For him to reign over us, we must allow ourselves to be drawn to him and to be conquered by his love. Let us strive to do this. And this is by living out that that gospel, living the truth in in our own lives, showing that love and mercy towards others. I'll end by a a famous line by one of the, well, he's not quite a saint yet, Uh, he's a blessed father, Miguel Crow, who was martyred uh, under the uh, President Caius in Mexico during the 1920s, when the Freemasons were in control of of Mexico, trying to eradicate the Catholic faith. Padre Pro, Miguel Pro, as he was about to be uh, put to death with the firing squad, uh, blindfolded, he spread out his arms and shouted aloud, Viva Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. Let us make his words our own. Long live Christ the King, he who rules in a kingdom of justice, of love, and of peace. Mentioned today, too, at the end of Mass, I'm going to follow the directive of Pius XI, who says, on this day, um, in every church throughout the world, this feast of Christ the King, uh, we we should perform an act of consecration of the human race to the sacred heart of Jesus, that heart of Jesus, which is the symbol of his love, because Christ reigns with the reign of love. So I'll do that before any final hymn today. We'll kneel down and. I'll make this act of consecration to the sacred heart of Jesus and the human